Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark, and this is the Tea Health Show. And in studio today, I have Divya Naidu, registered um, and professional pharmacist, Sister Elise Van Art, and Dante Ludati, and as always, our lovely producer, Simpiwe. Morning, guys. Good morning. Okay, so it's 2023. This is our first show of the year. And I think like most of us, um, I went and I reflected on last year. And one of the things that stood out for me was the fact that on so many occasions, and more often than not, I have patients who are already on hormone balancing or hormone treatment presenting with a complaint that it's just not working for them. So I've decided that we need to do a show about an approach to hormone optimization and balancing because it's actually quite difficult. It's difficult to get it right because there's so many variables. And, um, Put together this expert panel to talk to us about why we are battling with finding that sweet spot when you're on hormone optimization. Um, Dr. Mark, can I just jump in there very quickly? Um, as, as an outsider or as a layman, so I just want to take a step back. Um, what, what signs would I look out for which would then make me decide to go on to HRT? And then obviously I would be able to decide whether it's working or not. So what, what would I be looking out for? I think one of the things that we all agree upon is that hormone imbalances happen slowly and over time. And therefore the symptoms which they present with are firstly quite inconspicuous. Um, here we are looking at simple things like a little bit of weight gain, that um, I haven't changed my physical routines, I haven't changed my diet, and yet I'm starting to see a little bit of a middle-aged spread, if we can call it like that. And this is, you know, with the dad bod that starts happening. I'm having my love suction, by the way. <laughs> um, so, um, what? Don't look so shocked. <laughs> um, fatigue, that doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. um, a decrease, I would say, in cognitive function. Uh, Divya is nodding her yes. head. We, we start feeling a little bit brain foggy. Mm -hmm. um, Elise is looking at me with a vacant <laughs> expression. No, I'm, I'm, I want to jump in here and say, you know, there's so many wellness programs driven by medical aids. And these people, or most of us, go because it's be expected of us to go for our health checkups at the medical aid, check our cholesterol, check our blood pressure, check our glucose levels. And then suddenly they tell you, but you've got elevated cholesterol. Please go and see a doctor. Then you go to your GP and he places you on um, some or another, uh, what do you call it, statin mm -hmm. or whatever. And that should also be a... A indication for you, maybe there's something else wrong with me. Why is my cholesterol suddenly elevated? We tend to think, oh, it's a 
uh, something that I hereditary. Yeah, I inherited, so I need to just manage it. But it can be an indication of something else that's wrong in your. And coupled with that, Elise, I'd like to come in is your blood glucose levels may get higher from an unexplained reason. Yes. You start having difficulty sleeping. Uh, your concentration, your uh, increased fatigue for no apparent reason. Um, Mood changes. Yes. Um, Memory loss. Irritability. Yes. I, I think um, unexplained irritability. And anxiety. Now, I was standing, you guys know that I get my best or stupidest ideas in the shower. And I was standing <laughs> in the shower this morning and I'm uh, preparing for some other interviews that I'm doing. And I realized that one of the first things that we tell people to do to um, help manage their well, um, health and their hormone balances is to have a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, the healthy lifestyle being be active, get enough sleep, eat healthy. But my God, that's difficult. Yes. But don't, don't forget, we often think of HRT or hormone replacement therapy as something that you deal with or balance later on in life. But it can start as early as age 13 when you start uh, menstruating. So wait, as the youngest in the room, are you yeah. telling me <laughs> <laughs> that I should actually start looking at like uh, hormone treatments and also Not start... Not necessarily, but you should be aware of some of the symptoms that the young girls start presenting that might indicate okay. something like estrogen dominance. For instance... When you start men, um, menstruating, mm-hmm. not menopause, menstruating at 13, you might start getting excessive periods, blood clots, long periods, painful periods, headaches before your periods. All those are indicative of estrogen dominance. And it's very much related to diet, lifestyle, increased plastics, uh, hormones being injected into poultry and, and animal and meat. So, so girls already are starting off with a little bit of a disadvantage. So they can start presenting as early as that. And we didn't know this in, in the past that it's not normal to have extremely huge bleeds or to, mm-hmm. to be, have sore breasts, uh, when you're that age. Those are normally some symptoms or sore breasts are normally symptoms associated with later on in life. So, those are early signs there can be hormonal imbalances. Okay. I, I think, Divya, um, we tend to forget simply that um, girls start developing um, from a hormonal perspective a little bit sooner than boys. Uh, a couple of years, and I think it's about three years, um, where, where girls start going through puberty earlier than boys. Their brain development is also a little bit different. Boys are a little bit stupid until the age of 15, and then only do they start catching up with mm-hmm. the girls. Um, but there's other hormone imbalances that present in our teenage years as well, and these usually have to do with lifestyle. You know, with this, when we look at our insulin metabolism, insulin being a hormone, um, children who tend to be obese um, have not only bad lifestyles, but it can be attributed 
to changes in hormone levels. Now, actually, this is a chicken-egg situation, which came first, the hormone imbalance or the, the lifestyle that caused that. But, you know, obesity in children um, or weight weight problems in children is, is also a hormone imbalance. Our energy metabolism, which depends on your your fuel, which comes from glucose and ketones and stuff like that, um, that has to be moved from the blood into the cells where you can think of if that's not working, probably it's like um, the problem with transnet that we can't get cold to ESCOM. And then we get to the actual um, problem of burning the fuel. Now we got it there by hook or by crook, but if your furnaces aren't burning hot enough, and here we're looking at things like our fire weight metabolism, there's a problem. Now, let's take that analogy a little bit further. Um, if we see what's involved in getting coal to ESCOM, getting the coal from ESCOM to the furnaces, getting it burned, then distribution, and then cable theft and blah, 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 like all our hormone systems has the same complexity where you need cofactors. So if these are things like vitamin D, this is optimal levels of iron. It's things like coenzyme Q10, it's magnesium, all of those kind of things. So hormone balances and the, the myriad of things that can cause them starts from actually a very young age. And Sister Lise, I think you agree when we go and we do a consultation with our patients, we often identify in the medical history going back into childhood where the problem lies Starts. when they present with exactly. us in our 40s so and Mark, 50s. So, Mark, I'd like to say what you just said in a, in a different way. Same thing, just creating a different analogy. You need to think of hormones in your body being balanced in a cascade, like a waterfall, where each hormone affects the other. So when you are doing hormone balancing, you cannot deal with them in isolation because every single hormone affects the other. And like our, one of our previous talks, we talked about how the adrenals affect hormones, how the pancreas and insulin levels affect hormones, how your thyroid that you touched on now, uh, health affects hormones. So when when somebody goes to a medical practitioner and wants to balance their hormones, it has to be someone who is trained to look at the whole system, this whole cascade or this whole symphony of hormones and, and balance each of it together because balancing one will throw another one out. Yeah. So too much testosterone, it will aromatize into estrogen, will contribute to fat around the middle and when you spoke about obesity, I just want to point out a fact that's interesting for people. Uh, estrogen is stored in fat. So mm. the more obese, the more likelihood are your, that your estrogen levels are going Divya, to be. May high. I just add into this, um, this is specifically important for men. Mm. Um, the natural pathway of um, our sex hormones follows the route that Testosterone, which is predominantly seen as a male hormone, converts into estrogen for a process of aromatization. You don't have to remember that. But what you need to just quickly realize is 
That process happens preferentially in adipose or fat tissue. So for guys, um, the more fat you have, especially around your abdomen, the more of your testosterone you're turning into estrogen. So um, that's, that's important. We forget about these things. That's why men with middle age spread going through andropause. Yes, it's a thing like male menopause, uh, they do tend to have a middle-aged spread. If their hormones are not balanced, that can happen. So we need to be aware of it. In females, it contributes to cellulite production, fogginess in the brain, lack of libido for both male and female, although there's, it's debatable with testosterone in the brain and its effects. Mark, you're the expert there. But I think the most, Dante, to go back to you, the most common reason that will start making people look is that constant tiredness for no unexplained reason. I'm tired. I'm taking multivitamins and um, I'm not, I'm foggy. I'm, I'm just not concentrating as well. And the sleep, as, as I went there before, sleep is like often the first thing that, because when women reach, if we're going to hormone replacement therapy in the later stages, you know that perimenopause or menopause can start from age 45 to 55. And perimenopause starts up to 10 years before that. And you're not aware because it's such a gentle decline of hormones. First hormone to decline is progesterone. And that's progesterone is responsible for calming, relaxation, um, just calming the brain, enabling you to get better sleep because it works on what we call GABA receptors, the relaxation center in your brain. So when, when progesterone levels start declining, you're going to start having problems with sleep. And that's often the first indication. Now, say I've gone to my GP and he's put me on some kind of course of, of, of hormone replacement therapy. Um, I don't know if one can answer this, but how long does it take before I, as the patient, start feeling some kind of result? And that way I can know, I know that, yes, it's working, or no, it's not working. It's a, it's a very difficult question to answer for one simple reason. Every single patient is different. It, it, your question actually um, points directly to the topic and approach to hormone optimization and hormone balancing. For one simple reason, and this is what Divya said with the cascades, the moment, uh, let's, I'm going to do an analogy. I like using this one. You guys have heard it before. It's if you go to a fair and not have an affair simply, (laughs) if you go to a fair, a cadmus, you will find that there's always a cake baking competition. So the woman that always wins the cake baking competition bakes her cake with exactly the same ingredients, exactly the same method every single time. And that gives her her an award-winning cake. So if we take that recipe and we change one ingredient, either the quantity, the quality of the ingredient, we're going to change the outcome of the cake. 
what happens in um, I know Elise is a uh, loves baking and she loves baking bread. Elise, what happens if we put the yeast in before the salt or the salt in before the yeast? Something is going to go wrong. So if you're supposed to put your wet ingredients with your dry ingredients in a specific order, it's usually I put a, a third of my, my dry ingredients with my wet ingredients, third, third, until it's all mixed through. If you just dump everything in there, your cake is going to be either very dense or it's going to be very hard. And this is the problem that we have with hormone treatment. When a doctor prescribes you a hormone treatment, it brings about changes, not only in that system. So you might start feeling a little bit better on, for, let's, let's take, um, estrogen, for instance. You might start feeling a little bit better on your hot flushes. But now, um, we suppress testosterone. Why? Because estrogen comes after testosterone. So we become testosterone depleted or we become progesterone and testosterone depleted. And Divya had referred to it earlier as estrogen dominance. Now, suddenly these women become more aggressive. They, they don't feel great. So it's difficult to say when you're going to have results because Everything else starts changing. And this is why it's so important to get the approach to hormone optimization right from the start. So, Dante, I would say not less than three months, not in less than three months, because of all the reasons Mark just explained. All the systems have to come back to equilibrium. Because why do we balance hormones uh, besides a systems biology approach where we want all our systems to be in balance and function optimally. There's also another reason, and that is a more vain reason, but not so vain either because it's, it's just practical. It's to, pr to prevent premature aging or prevent aging, and who doesn't want that? And aging does not necessarily only refer to the aesthetic aging, although it will help with that. It also... It also refers to aging of your hormones, and I mean the best example of this uh, tricking your body, we 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 we, we balance our hormones. Basically. That's it to trick our bodies into thinking they're younger. And I mean, everyone watched Sex in the City, and we also Samantha with carrying our hormones and and the famous line that says, "I'm tricking this body into um, thinking it's younger." So, the, uh, premature aging a huge thing. When your 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 hormones are balanced, your body is able to heal itself. Also, and then the other thing, most importantly, when when we don't have the side effects of hormone deficiency or excesses, we improve the quality of our life, and ultimately, to put it in more scientific terms, to bring about homeostasis, yeah. where all the, the the systems are in balance. Elise, um, in our practice, to answer Dante's question, we see that there's a disparity between when men start feeling. The benefit and the effects versus the woman. Do you want to elaborate on that a little yes, bit? Yes, um, and I want to go back to the fact that you said initially the woman feels amazing within a week or two. And then it's as if they decline again. And then we need to adjust again and put some extra maybe supplements in the mix or whatever. The men takes longer. Um, 
you can you can help me with this. But uh, they also get to the homeostasis quicker than the woman. Yeah, they start responding a little bit later on, yeah. on most of the parameters that we measure. Um, but they they equalize and reach reach a steady state quicker, uh, a, a little bit quicker yeah. than than, the woman. than women. What you said there is so incredibly important. Um, it's it's not a here's your prescription tablet, go and take it. And I will see you in three or six months' time. It doesn't work like that because of everything that we've just explained. Certain parameters like hot flushes, for instance, when I put you on estrogen, um, gets better quickly and the hot flushes go. But as I said in my opening statement, often we have patients that come in they are on hormone replacement therapy like estrogen and it's not working. They're still having hot flushes. So why are they having hot flushes? Is it because they're not taking the medication? And my patients say, no, they are taking the medication religiously. Is it that the medication is ineffective? No, it's not that it's ineffective. It's just most probably not at the correct dose. For where you are at that point in time, because that fluctuates, your dose is going to fluctuate continuously. So for the guys that come in to us, um, they might complain of a broad term that I'm not performing in the boardroom, bedroom or on the sports field. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have a little bit of fatigue, they have erectile functioning or sexual functioning that's not that great. And you know what, they're not getting the, the benefit of training hard in the gym. So you know what, that's, that is enough to make you feel, why the hell am I doing all of this? Um, and then when we start treating them, one of the first things that they start saying improves is, Things at work are going better. The last thing that they might actually say is, okay, now my erectile functioning is improved. My libido, my sexual thoughts and fantasies and my sex drive has improved, but um, my erectile functioning is lagging behind. And that is because there's a complete remodeling in not only the hormone systems, but the effects that hormones have on tissue. And this is, this is, this is what makes it difficult because every single patient reacts differently mm-hmm. and to different protocols. And that is why when, when a functional medicine doctor, we must talk about hormone, uh, synthetic versus natural because what we're talking is bioidentical hormones now. But that is why when a doctor asks you to come back in three months, it's not because he wants to make extra money of you, because it takes that amount of time for hopefully some kind of effect to start happening. And and in three months, the doctor can now assess whether that dosage is correct for you. Are you still having breakthrough symptoms? And then the doctor can 
adjust again. So it might be a period of adjustment for the first six months until your correct dose is is um, reached, and then you will be maintained. But because hormones are cyclical. That too can change. In a year, your hormone Absolutely. needs are going to be different. So there is always a follow-up um, uh, appointment that is needed to reassess that. I, I think, Elise, we see this in our practice all the time. Um, women that we've initiated on a treatment protocol, six months down the line, mm-hmm. we've completely adjusted the protocol. It's not a, we only adjusted six months down the line. Mm-hmm. In our practice, what we do is we follow up with our patients on a weekly basis. It's not that the patient has to physically be in the practice, Mm -hmm. but we put um, systems in place where the patients score themselves objectively on certain parameters. Elise, do you want to? For instance, um, fatigue. Uh, Something that we look out for often is um, urinary tract infections. Mm -hmm. Thrush infections, um, libido, weight gain, menstruation, did it change, did it not change? Moods. Mood swings, mood. Um, what else? Libido, sexual drive. Uh, lubrication is a big thing. Um, you mentioned an important thing, UTIs, uh, yeah. urinary tract infections, because that is often due to estrogen correct deficiency. Or, or yeah. Deficiency, okay. Re- sorry. Estrogen deficiency mm. And often it is treated as With antibiotics And treated in a conventional manner When all If the doctor knows enough About his system's biology approach He'd be able to say uh, chronic, Chronically occurring UTIs Let's look at estrogen levels Correct no, Absolutely What happens with um, A decline in estrogen <laughs> Is the Mucosa in the vagina starts atrophying. It's literally, I'm leaving it out in the sun and it's drying out. So now that tissue becomes thin and it tears very easily. Mm -hmm. So women of uh, menopausal women will often complain that they feel a little bit dry Mm -hmm. and intercourse for them initially without the use of lubrication. Is uncomfortable. Why? Because it's painful. It's like, you know, it, um, putting uh, your hand over sandpaper. Um, it's, it's not comfortable. It's not smooth entry. Um, and let's, let's face it. People are, there are, there is information out there. Be careful of estrogen cancers. Yes, they all are very, very valid. But back to your, the vaginal atrophy and dryness, there is, there are three types of estrogens. Estriol, estradiol, and estrone. Estrone, we try not to go near. It's been implicated in very carcinogenic effects. However, it does appear in your body. It does, it is produced naturally in your body. But we don't, we tend not to supplement with it because of its side effects. Estradiol is quite a potent acting estrogen and then estriol, which is the weakest acting one, but is really, really great for symptoms like all the symptoms you've just explained now. So what we do in a case like that is produce a cream, a vaginal cream containing only estriol to be applied into the vagina and will help 
with things like vaginal atrophy. Because what happens with women as they get older? It's a lot of fun to get older, you <laughs> women, because the, the the uterus and the bladder start prolapsing, so it just drops. So because all the the elasticity in the vaginal walls gets lost, so and the ligaments that keeps it up. So where's the fun? <laughs> I meant it's, you know, you, you, you can I meant it's sarcastic with you. I meant it's sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry, I'll change my tone. <laughs> yeah, you said it really seriously. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, anyone who's approaching their fifties are starting to to realize just how. How much change is happening and how unprepared they were for yep. this. Um, so this, they say everything is going south. I mean, there's a, there's, it's a physically, a physical thing that's happening. Everything is going south. Prolapse. But you guys, it's not all doom in the northern suburb, huh? in the northern <laughs> hemisphere. Does it go north? <laughs> and listen, it's not all doom and gloom because 50 is also beautiful. There's, Wisdom. There's a benefit of wisdom. You are far more authentic as a person. You speak your truth. It's it's, and you look forward to your golden years. So let's not paint this very doomy and gloomy picture. No, There's help with all balancing. I, I, I think this is what Simpiwe asked and Dante. When do I know that I have to start with looking at hormones? Is it only when I start having overt signs, or do I start looking at this? From a younger age And Devi, you answered it earlier Where you said that Keeping optimal hormone balance Is biohacking I actually think it's the cornerstone Of anti-aging medication For the simple reason Optimal hormone levels prevents disease The diseases of aging And the diseases of aging Include cardiovascular disease bone, Diabetes Bone health, bone health, bone health Cardiac health And um, cognitive yes. decline. Those are the four big signs um, or, or diseases mm-hmm. of aging. Aging is a disease. So I always tell my patients, we are going to live longer whether we want to or not for the simple reason we're making so much advances in medical by. Um, Biotech, etc., etc., in new types of treatments and medications. The one thing that we cannot change, however, is our genetics. Or not genetics, it's most probably our genetic predisposition to age. We, we now know that keeping hormone levels balanced, optimal, Functioning properly slows down the aging process, can reverse the diseases of aging, especially your cardiovascular disease, brain decline, as well as uh, energy metabolism, which includes uh, glucose, insulin, and thyroid. So, you know, one thing's for certain, aging is in, uh, it's, it's undeniable, it happens. Uh, we all will die. Those are certainties. But what we're trying to do with hormone balancing is increase the healthy lifespan mm-hmm. so that you spend less time being diseased and sick or no time. You die healthy when, when you have to. So 
we call it in, 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 in our terms, health span. So you increase your health span. And the lovely side effect about all of that is if the hormones balance, you see the, the physical attributes of it as well. And how nice, because you know with estrogen, uh, collagen. Yes, collagen, you, you start getting the lines on your uh, 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 first indication that there is some decline or imbalance is the lines on women's lips. And and nobody wants that. Skin elasticity. We want to be plump and firm and estrogen has a huge role in that. I don't want my stomach to be plump anymore. No, but you want your face and your hands and everything else. <laughs> can, I, can I just say something? Um, what I've been hearing here is that Balancing of hormones is really, really a complicated procedure. It can yes. be okay. So, and this is not to cost any aspersions on, on GPs at all, but how qualified is your ordinary GP really to deal with something like this? I, as somebody um, who's beginning to go through these symptoms, would I really go to a GP or would I be wasting my time or do I need to Could find I a specialist? To that, because uh, you also have people that go to Doctor Google, yes, and and they they yeah, yeah. like look up and then they'll get something over the counter. So, I I'm going to refer your question to Divya okay. to talk about buying stuff online or self medicating. <laughs> but I want to answer Dante's question. Dante, if I think back to my training as uh, a doctor and as a junior doctor the simple answer that I have to give you is that as a GP with what I learned while I was at varsity and what I know now it's definitely not enough um, there are people that specialize um, endocrinologist um, specialize for many years in doing this. So should I go to my GP? Currently, the answer is yes, because there are GPs that have a special interest in balancing of hormone levels. If you're in a small little town, if you don't stay in an urban area where there's a lot of specialist or specialized GPs, that really is your only option. I think what we need to bring across to our patients is the following. This is something in which you have to be involved in. It's not where you go to the doctor and you say to him, I have hot flashes, and he gives you a prescription. Ask the questions, why am I having the hot flashes? Okay, what are the possible treatment modalities, because there's more than one. There's bioidentical hormones, there's prescription hormones, there's um, co uh, cofactors, there's yams, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's different options. And then you ask the next question. What are the complications or what are the side effects of treating with this option? The next question that you have to ask, and this is, I think, far more important than anything else, is what are the downside of not treating this condition, yeah. of just leaving it? Yeah. And then, okay, now you and your doctor have to decide, to, to decide together 
which one is going to fit into your lifestyle. This that term that we like to use, compliance versus adherence. So someone who goes to the doctor and just take the medication that they prescribe them is compliant. But someone who buys into the lifestyle changes, who's part of a decision-making process, who's in control, is adherent. And what we want is adherent patients because we can only make adjustments according to a patient's feedback. Biochemistry, blood tests, tells us a very, very small part of the picture. Agreed. It, it, it's very difficult without your patient's input. Elise, do you agree? Yes, and I want to add what to some Pee's question. Listen, we are living in that technology age. People are going to Google and whatever. Just go to a reputable site and you know, dive deeper because certain um, sites are paying lots of money to be first on on the um, when you do your searches. But for instance, go to for instance Compounding Pharmacy's website and look. Go to the T Clinic's web, website and look. But search for dive deeper. Don't just take the first answer on. I, I Elise, I want to agree with you there. Please don't. Believe stuff to read on Facebook or on Instagram. Yesterday we, we had, um, one of, um, a, a, a good friend of mine and she's an ICU trained nurse sent me an Instagram post from someone that, uh, says she was on a, a new, um, weight loss medication. And when she stopped it, now she has all these side effects. And I had a meeting with that the, um, manufacturers of, of that product. Um, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world later yesterday afternoon. And I, I mentioned this to them and they said, but where do these people get the, these information from? So what Elise said is you will Google something and a clinic who's spending a fortune on search engine optimization and keywords and blah, 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 will come right at the top. And it's anecdotal without any, any scientific data. So if you want to read on something, please just check that it comes from a reputable source that's been published in medical journals, that's peer-reviewed, and most probably if you're going to look at studies, make sure that it's randomized, controlled, and cohort studies or consensus papers um, that you take a look at. Yeah, so the danger with buying things online in some ways is that especially in hormone replacement therapy, we do not recommend it. And anyone who sells you hormone replacement online is doing it illegally. And the reason is it's scheduled, and the reason for it being scheduled is that it has to be prescribed very responsibly by a person like Dr. Mark who knows about hormones or a, a person trained in, in, in hormone optimization uh, because 
irresponsible prescribing. For instance, if somebody prescribes, if a, if a doctor you go to does not know about hormone replacement, the doctor's heard of a cream we call by S2020. It's got two estrogens and it's uh, or 80-20. It's got 80% of one and 20% of the other. They've heard of this. Oh, I'm, you're showing signs of estrogen deficiency. I'm going to give you this. But if you haven't looked at the other hormones um, in in uh, together simultaneously and you haven't balanced everything, you're going to put that person to estrogen dominance and in, increase their risk for things like cancer or whatever, all the, the indications that hormone excesses cause. You're going to put them out of balance. They're going to feel worse. But more importantly, you're endangering their lives. So it should be prescribed. And more importantly, um, Elise mentioned the compounding pharmacy of South Africa. We do personalized hormones. It's individualized to yourself. And that is where the skill of a doctor or a person like Elise will come in and they will tell you this is what's needed for your particular biochemistry. And very importantly, it is not only determined by lab tests, which is biochemistry. The skill of the doctor is so important because someone like a Dr. Mark who's been in practice for so many years can identify an Elise. You, you're aware. You identify symptoms and you, you can link symptoms that may not show up in a blood test. Mm-hmm. And very often blood tests are very important, are very expensive. And people who can't afford it can go to skilled people like this and get get help based on symptoms. But yeah, I oh, don't go. The other thing about buying stuff online is you don't know where it comes from. Oh, absolutely. I, I, don't know where it's been made. I, I think this is an incredibly important Sorry, uh, I forgot point that. to say. Um, in in our practice, we we use a, 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 an incredible amount of. Um, Bespoke nutritional supplementation for one simple reason. Um, you need the, the body's nutritional state to be optimal to manufacture hormones, etc., etc. We only use reputable companies and, and, and you know what, I'm not marketing the compounding pharmacy of South Africa, but the reason that I use them is one simple and it's it's quite simple. The raw materials that compounding pharmacists should be using, and I know David, you guys do this, is pharmaceutical grade, which means that it's incredibly pure. Then it gets compounded um, into capsule form or cream form or in a tablet form without adding any preservatives or fillers that are harmful. And then it gets independently verified and tested. So when we get that product, we know exactly what's in there. Where places like health shops that just get stuff and you can pick it off the shelf, you don't have that. So it's not controlled by our um, Medical Control Council or SAPRA. So they can claim that there's an X amount of product Y in this. And actually, if you look at the bioavailability, um, it's far less or it's compounded with something that's actually hazardous to you, but that does not need to be on the label. So 
that one is quite important. And all that's important for, as Mark said, bioavailability, meaning the way the drug is absorbed and then affects directly the efficacy of it. But I'd like to introduce a new concept that we don't, we very seldom talk about when we talk about hormone balancing and that's gut health. Directly linked. Because the bacteria that live in our gut is mostly lactobacillus, that species of gut, of bacteria. And very often would the foods that we eat, processed foods, lifestyle, whatever, our gut, a um, microbiome, we call it, the whole bacteria and its environment gets upset and, and um, dysregulated. And through hormone imbalance on top of that, it can cause a huge, huge um, problem. And one of the signs that people, you know that your gut is impacted by your biohormone imbalance is like women who get, or men even, who get bloated. bloated. Constipation, suddenly, because your hormones are now imbalanced, it's, it's causing all these gut effects. And more importantly, if the, the, um, the balance of this lactobacillus is out, it can cause uh, an overgrowth of other types of bacteria that are not optimal for the gut and create something we call small intestinal bowel overgrowth, which yeah, is… SIBO. Yes. We've, um, some, we, we've spoken about this. Divya, we can go the other way round as well. Your hormones, specifically your sex hormones, all the metabolites, so DHT, estriol, um, estradiol, any strone are metabolized in the gut. So it's the microbiome in your gut that breaks these products down. But all the breakdown of those products, all the elements are Active, yes. so they have effects somewhere else. So we often see it with people taking an antibiotics or who have been on uh, long-term antibiotic treatment. They change the composition of the gut completely. Now it works the other way around. If I suddenly start a patient on hormone replacement therapy, whether it's a bioidentical or a synthetic hormone, that hormone gets broken down in in the gut, and it has effects everywhere else in the body. So if your gut is not in a good condition, it can affect the way your hormones work in your body. So so there, again, a doctor who looks at the whole system's biology approach. And the other thing that we, we should address is maybe uh, contraceptives with young girls. Oh, no. Elise, um, please enlighten us on this one because we, we deal with this on a continuous basis in our practice. Yeah, um, what we found is um, this: when, when young women are on contraceptives, you change their hormone um, balance, or I don't know how to say this better, because you want to stop them from ovulating so that they can't conceive, okay? And we find them as young as 22, 23, 24, coming in with symptoms of menopause, hot flushes, night sweats, Absolutely. no libido. It's, it's terrible. We, we, we've coined it as a chemical-induced so menopause. How would you advise people, young girls, what would, because... What is the other alternative, a baby? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Divya, what Elise and I have seen, and this is empirical evidence uh, or anecdotal evidence, this is what we see from our patients. There are certain classes of the contraceptions or contraceptive medications that have a higher tendency to to create 
a chemically induced menopause. And what we do for them quite often is we just change the form of contraception. So instead of maybe taking an oral contraception, Elise, we either put them onto an intrauterine device, especially if they've already had a baby, um, or we change it from an estrogen to a progesterone type or um, sometimes we do that um, or even even to an injectable form. Even maybe... Those who want to stay on it add a supplement that will help with the detoxification of the hormones because that's what causes the effects, right? The hormone metabolites sit there and not everybody can get rid of the toxic hormone metabolites. So if you have uh, things like sulforaphane, your broccoli seed extracts, uh, I3 complex, you can take those kind of things to help with it. So every young girl who is prescribed a, a, a um, contraceptive should be given this type of supplement. To go with it and, and I mean it's very difficult To get young girls to be compliant But if you show them the benefits And tell them how you can prevent Something later on They might be more compliant no, It's exactly like getting young people To to use a, a, a Decent skin care routine Which includes sunscreen Dante, Do you want to ask us a couple of questions yeah, I just wanted to know What are your thoughts about including Peptides as part of hormone replacement therapy. So I think, um, Divi, help me here. Peptides are form of hormones. Um, amino a peptide acid. is an amino acid hormone. So um, I always, I, I often refer to peptides as the building blocks yes. of hormones. So a hormone is an incredibly big, complex molecule. Um, but through the breakthrough of taking these very complex molecules and dividing them into their constituents, we got to peptides. So um, an example of a peptide hormone is oxytocin and melatonin. Um, So very, very, very simple in structure. I I actually do believe that there's a, a, a place for the use of peptides for the simple reason they stimulate natural pathways more than being a synthetic pathway. So if you stimulate a natural pathway, you keep the cascade going. Do we use the, um, the analogy of a waterfall? So I actually want you to take that waterfall and you put it flat. So you have a series of dams with streams in between them. If you, if you block one stream, it dams up back and then it starts flowing over into something else and it will eventually trickle down. But if you, below the dam that you've built, you will have a drought. Hmm. So, and that's, that's what happens when you use a peptide hormone. Um, that natural flow, it's like just enhancing the Suez Canal, making it bigger. Um, so there's, there's a natural flow to that. The problem that we have with peptide therapy at the moment is that it's not regulated anywhere in the world. And we don't know enough about it yet, I think, to be used as 
mainstream. David, do you agree? So we use both melatonin and oxytocin. And oxytocin, there is not a lot of evidence, but oxytocin more so. I, um, it is uh, known as the bonding hormone because it's secreted when women are during childbirth to bond with their babies. But what people have done is taken that and extended its use and we give it for sexual enhancement or, yeah, or we to... We also use it for erectile dysfunction yes. and sexual... Um, uh, libido problem. That's it, to stimulate the desire because of the bonding. So to answer your question very much, so you can use it together with hormone replacement therapy very well. Mm-hmm. Here again, by someone who knows what they're doing. And melatonin, we all know, is the hormone that's, I would say, sometimes abused because people are, if you have insomnia, instead of the doctor understanding that you need to, to perhaps balance the estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, they might go to melatonin, which is well, not bad because it is a, a natural way, but it does help with uh, insomnia. Mm-hmm. Melatonin is a strong antioxidant. Oh, extremely. Um, and yeah. you know what? Antioxidants are good, but they can also have negative effects if overdone. Mm. So it, it's quite difficult. Okay. So I've just been shown the lasso, so we need to wrap up. Um In summary, what I think this whole program was about is that hormone optimization and hormone balancing can be quite difficult. I think we all agree on that. Um, There's a certain approach, and the approach should include the following. One, the taking of a very, very detailed medical history, which includes a family history, which includes illnesses that you've had, like COVID, like Belasha malaria, um, tick bite fever, because all of those have effects. Taking a very, very good look at the medication that you have used previously, especially when it's some antidepressants or antihypertensives, etc., etc., and the medication that you are currently on. What is your lifestyle? Are you smoking? Are you exercising? Um, how, what is your stress levels like? And then take a look at your symptomology. What is it that you're presenting with? What is it that you are battling with? And then ultimately, what is it that you want out of a consultation? And only then do we start looking at the biochemistry. And the biochemistry need to be married to the symptoms that you have. And often we actually can't marry them. And that means that we need to look a little bit deeper and there's a better understanding. It's not about just the blood results it's actually about interpreting the the blood results with your patient taking your patient into consideration and then formalizing a possible treatment protocol and implementing that with taking care both patient and practitioner that regular follow-up in the first couple of months is essential and when you can get that right and when a trust relationship develops between you and your doctor and you and your medication then you are on the right path i just want to add something to that don't with the world of online technology now a lot of um, virtual consultations are happening don't underestimate the value of a physical consultation because a trained practitioner like yourselves will look for signs that the patient may forget to yes. mention. We found that yes. often, you know the, the, yeah. the lines on your sagging skin mm-hmm. or, or if you have 
a third of your eyebrows missing. You know, all of that is indication of thyroid. So, so hair loss. Yes. So go to a person, and then I would just add to yours, Mark, which you probably can argue will be covered under lifestyle factors, is gut health. Always, always, always correct that. Probably first, uh, before you starting the the therapy. Otherwise, the 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 medication may not work as optimally. I just want to add, and I think we touched on it in the beginning, this is a journey. This is not something that we can treat you and say in a week or or month's time you will be well. No, it's a journey. And and Divya started already with a puberty type of um, menstruation problem, specifically in females. Um, Just remember, you change often. Your body changes often. So it's a journey. You can't Expect to be ha- be healed within a month's time because it's the natural progression of aging that changes our hormones. I want to make a closing comment, and this is to our listeners and our patients: be involved. Yes, actually, you are in control. In my in my practice, I always tell the patients: you are in control of this because I cannot do what I do without your feedback. So speak with your practitioner, trust them. And if you do not get the answers, if you do not understand, keep on asking. And eventually, if you need to start looking for someone that will explain to you what is happening. Guys, it was wonderful. Um, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for joining us, Divya. Always a Dante. Um Sims, um, big things are happening. Yes. The studio is moving at some point. Next week, we will be back with um, Sulal and Ascenders Healthcare um, with a sponsored show. And for the life of me, I can't remember what we're talking about. (laughs) So um, until then, um, you know what? We wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.